Welcome to the Ball to Ball podcast. Don't call it a comeback. It's been less than a year. I checked. Last episode was November of 2021. So we're good. We didn't get to a full year off. So we're still we're still going. Um, but yeah, Brandon's here. What's up, man? Uh, was it Friday, first week of the NBA season? Just give me what it's like. Just big picture. What are you what are you thinking about the season right now? After a couple games, this could be one of the best seasons we've seen in a while. I feel like I always say that coming into the season, but man, it just feels like for the first time there's some legit parity across both conferences, right? Like I don't think anyone can really stack rank, you know, either conference like one through eight, one through ten for that matter. Like where teams are going to end up. So it should be a good season. It should make for a really good playoff run as well. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree with you. I was kind of thinking the same thing, like watching all these games tonight and this past week. I was like, wow, this it's so great to have basketball back. Like, it's been such a great opening week. And then I realized, I was like, all right, well, what would it have taken for us to be like, first week of basketball? Yeah, it was whatever. Like, not that excited for the season. You know, like, <laughs> this is the best time of the year because we're just all full of optimism and joy. Just all these, like, new players, players on new teams, all that stuff. I, I agree with you, like, I mean, well, I think last thing like we'll end with uh, like our finals picks right now. Way too early finals picks, but there's like eight teams from both conferences that you could like make an argument for. You know what I mean? Um, and there's no, it's not like this is not Warriors, Cavs, like you know, pencil it in. This is like there's yeah a bunch of teams, and there's going to be a bunch of trades. Also, it, it comes with like obviously uh, Wembenyama. And Scoot Henderson, <laughs> the that, that, yeah, that's like a whole other wrinkle that's thrown into it. Because now, like the bad teams are trying to be really bad, um, but yeah, there's so much to get to. So I say that it's Friday. We just watched the Bulls um, lose to the Wizards. Uh, let's on a a missed last second shot. Let's just let's start there. I think let's get the the Bulls report from Brandon. That's that's, that's the segment headline. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we started the season with a win against the Heat on the road. I don't think many people expected that, especially without Lonzo coming into the season. And, you know, surprisingly, no Zach Levine either, right? Like, you know, he had his offseason knee surgery after the playoffs. Obviously, it was a shell of his former self. You know, here he comes back. Uh, he shows up for preseason training camp. He plays a couple games. And then, you know, he's suddenly out the first two games now for, you know, injury management or you know return management as they, they're calling it so that's you know tough blow for sure not to have him um but you know DeRozan did his thing first game he had what 37 you know um this game against the Wizards he had 32 you know coming off a win against the Wizards I was opti- or against the Heat I was optimistic we would beat the Wizards but and we came up short um not too upset with the the loss I feel like the team fought hard you know DeRozan again at 32 you know Vooch had 24 and what eight so he had a big game as well but Main disappointment for me, honestly, has been Patrick Williams, man. This entire offseason, there's been a ton of talk around, you know, Pat going to train with DeRozan. He's putting him through the grinder on all of his tough workouts in L.A. And everyone's kind of thinking, like, man, like, he's, like, taking this guy under his wing, you know. Like, he's trying to, you know, turn him into, you know, a future, you know, budding star. But, man, man, I words can't really describe how I feel. But after two games, let's just say I'm underwhelmed, you know. I truly don't know what to do with this guy. I don't know what to make of him. You know, over the offseason, a lot of people are talking about trading him. And I was on the side of keeping him, right? And sure, like, it's it hasn't been that long, but he's just so passive out there. And he's not really a factor on offense. And he might have a few good defensive plays here and there, but it's not like he's a, you know, Kawhi on defense or anything like that. I mean, again, knee-jerk reaction, kid's only 21. But, man, he's got to be better than this. You know, he had seven points on two for five. As a starter, 
Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think what you texted me, that was like one of the funniest, but saddest true statements about just Chicago sports. What'd you say? It was like, is Pat Williams going to have more field goals than, uh, than Justin Fields completions? Like, I think we should track that the rest of the season do like, uh, we'll do Patrick Williams points versus, uh, Justin Fields attempts or completions. I mean, it can go either way. Cause you know, they're probably both going to be around like <laughs> 10 to 15 per game. Yeah. It's yeah, man. It's, it's a tough time to be a Chicago sports fan. I mean, like we, we talk about the bears another time. Uh, I don't want to get too sad on a Friday night. I don't have enough wine. So we're optimistic about basketball. Yeah. Football. We don't have to No, Don't worry. We won't. We don't need to talk about the Bears. <laughs> but yeah, Bulls, I think we have, you know, a chance, you know, to compete for, you know, probably a, a lower, you know, slot in the playoffs or, you know, play in. Really depends on, you know, what we're looking at from Lonzo Ball. If he comes back, you know, how consistent we have Zach in the lineup. But with those two unknowns, like, I feel like we're at least a lock for the play in, but our ceiling is is kind of shattered. Um, it's not, it's, we can't shatter that ceiling until we know, you know, we're fully healthy and actually have, you know, a Zoe and, and a Zach back. So, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the tough part of those. Like, obviously, there's a bunch of other teams in the East this year that, you know, made big moves like the, uh, the Hawks and the Cavs, um, you know, who kind of like jumped the Bulls, I feel like as far as most people's projections. But obviously, the Bulls still have, you guys still have a really talented team. It's just what, yeah, what is going on with that? Because it's not basketball related stuff. It's the yeah, Alonzo's injury that, he was supposed to come back from how many months ago? And then Levine, like, when did you, like, did anyone expect him not to play the first two games? Like, that was out of nowhere, right? Yeah, no one expected it. I think, you know, seeing him play in the preseason, um, you know, he didn't look, he didn't look like himself. So it kind of showed me, you know, all right, this dude hasn't been playing five on five. You know, you can kind of tell when a player hasn't been playing five on five. Like, they just don't have that pop necessarily in the game. And, they're a bit, you know, they're running behind because, you know, as you know, from playing ball, five on five is a different kind of, you know, animal than any type of shoot around, workout, mm-hmm. three on three, one on one work, you know, anything. Right. It, you know, it's a different kind of pace. You can tell like he didn't have his wind he didn't really have his legs under him. So I think it's more of a ramp up thing. Um, so from a bird's eye view as a fan, you kind of think like, all right, like we'll put him on a minutes restriction, getting him into the, you know, start of the season. Right like kind of what you're doing with Clay Thompson, you know, bring Kawhi mm-hmm. off the bench, you know, limit John Wall's minutes. These are normal things we expect as fans, right? But to just completely rule them out, that kind of makes you think, like, did he have a setback? Um, I feel like the team has been a bit guarded with but Billy Donovan in a press conference did say that he experienced some discomfort. So that wasn't good to hear. Um, I don't know what that means, that soreness. Did he tweak something? So, yeah, I'm a bit uneasy, obviously, since we just paid this guy, you know, max contract. So, <laughs> yeah, just paid him the max contract. And it's not like you guys can't tank, like, right? You don't have, you don't have your pick. So that's, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel, yeah, Billy Donovan's, uh, you know, he's been around for a while. He's going to give like the, the uh, good PR answer, right? So that's not a good sign. And also, it's just like because it's coming off, coming off of the heels of the whole Lonzo, I don't even know what you call it, but. It's like it's the Bulls medical staff. Like it's it's weird. That's you know, it's annoying because it's again, it's not on the court stuff. Like obviously the Pat Williams thing is rough. Um, but again, it's like hard to I guess that would be like the the theme of this pod is like it's still the first, you know, first couple games. So you can't judge or like jump to conclusions too quickly because like Pat Williams will look a lot better, I'm sure, once once you have Levine and if Lonzo ever comes back. Um, you know, because right <laughs> now he's like the third option, which that's 
again, that's not really his role. I kind of c- compare him to like, like we love Herb Jones, right? On the Pelicans, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. But it's because, I mean, Herb Jones is like, he doesn't even have to take a single shot, you know? But Patrick Williams has, you know, it's like he's like a super high draft pick and there's all these expectations for him. So, yeah, I would, I mean, I feel like, you know, one and one, you would have thought that you guys would have beat their loss to the Heat and beat the Wizards, but whatever. I mean, and it was a close loss to the to the Wizards too with uh, uh, Kuzma went crazy and yeah, yeah, weird game. Uh, and DeRozan, I mean, that last shot, like that looked that looked good. Looked that was good. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't be <laughs> upset with him. He went to yeah do a repeat of last season, right? When mm-hmm. he gave the Wizards. But you know, last thing I'll say on the Bulls is you know we we do play tomorrow. That second game of back to back, Zach is expected to play. I imagine right. he's gonna have some kind of minutes restriction. So, you know, we'll see what he looks like. But um, either way, it should be a good matchup because you know you're looking at a Cavs team that you know just got Donovan Mitchell. I think Garland is out with an eye injury. I'm not sure if he's gonna play or if he's gonna have goggles or what. But I hope they're full strength just so we can see what that that matchup looks like. Is there a team that projects to you know be above the Bulls according to all the the experts and you know, analysts out there. So I'm, I'm ready to see us get tested early against them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, the other thing is, so, you know, if we would have done this, this episode before tonight's game, we would have been kind of raving about IO because he had a great first game, right? He got 17, six boards, four assists, hit three out of six threes. Like he looked great. And then tonight he wasn't bad tonight, but you know, he's still, it was what, only his second year, right? So he's still yeah, like, second year. Yeah. Still a so super young guard. Yeah, consistency is just – I feel like, you know, young players, it takes them a bit of time to, to be able to show that, you know, on a consistent yeah. basis. But I think, you know, he's a, he's going to have all the opportunity, obviously, with, with Zoe out, and we don't know when he's coming back. So, at this point, he's essentially – he's our starting point guard, right? And we mm-hmm. should look at him and treat him as if, you know, hey, he could be our starting point guard going forward uh, from a continuity standpoint. So, it should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and again, kind of the same theme, though. Like, once Levine comes back, even uh, let's just throw Zoe out just because that whole situation is so weird. Like, I feel like we can't predict anything there. But even just Levine coming back, like, then Io doesn't have to do as much as far as like scoring, which right. I feel like that's not really his game, right? He can score if he needs to, but he's more of a, you know, set the table, like classic point guard. And then obviously Patrick Williams is not Kawhi right now. He's like, if, you know, that was like his highest ceiling comparison was Kawhi. And right now he's, uh, he's, not quite there. So even like young Kawhi, where he didn't have to score. But yeah, again, Levine comes back. You guys, it'll look completely different. So can't overreact. It's not like you guys are the Lakers and zero and two right now. So hey, <laughs> it's not terrible. <laughs> and then I think uh, the last okay, last thing that I'll say on the Bulls, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, Kobe White has played I think like fifty six minutes and has one assist. So I think his uh, I think his role is clear out there. You know, his job is to, to get buckets. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have shooting. We don't have enough shooting to go around. So, you know, being that he's one of our top three-point shooters, at the end of the day, like, I feel like Donovan's is telling him to, you know, be aggressive and take the shot when you have it. So he can be a playmaker. But, again, this just tells me that, you know, coaching staff is like, you know, look for your shot. That's what we need from him. Yeah. Especially, again, right now with, like, I mean, without Levine, that's like 26 points per game that you guys are missing. And even mm-hmm. Lonzo's around, like, you know, 15 to 18. So that's – that's over 40 points right there. So, yeah, that's Kobe White and uh, Drogic are doing their best to come off the bench <laughs> and just fire away, which I, which they're good at. Um, okay. So, all right. I feel like that's that's good on the Bulls. Let's go to uh, – I feel like there's a lot of big-name players this season that we hadn't seen for, you know, yeah. all or most of last season. Um, so, let's start with – I feel like we got to start with, with Zion. I mean, 
so their first game, which I was in attendance for, uh, against they beat the Brooklyn Nets. They dominated them. They basically, I mean, honestly, they killed them. They won by 22, and at times it was, you know, even worse than that. Um, but yeah, Zion put up 25-9, uh, shot 50%, got four steals, only played 30 minutes too, so it's not like he's playing a ton of minutes. And he looked, I mean, tell me if you disagree, but he looked like what we saw from him when he was healthy his first first year, like super explosive, was getting, like, he was throwing his own guys out of the way to get offensive rebounds and putbacks. Um and also, I mean, we'll get to Ben Simmons, who was also a guy who returned and was in that same game. But Zion saw Ben Simmons in the paint, you know, on multiple occasions. It was just like, oh, you're you're six ten, you're like the all you know all NBA defender. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go score over you and make it look easy. So yeah, what what'd you think about Zion? And and you can just go like you know into the Pelicans in general too. Yeah, I mean Zion looks he's looked good so far. Um, you know, tonight against the Hornets, I feel like you know he. I think it feels like, you know, he's maybe in his head a little bit. You know, he's missed a few more shots than what he typically does. But I think you know, all intents and purposes, like athleticism is there. Like the bounce is back. Like he just pops off the page. But it almost feels like he's like so quick and explosive. Like he's almost too athletic for his own good at times, you know. So um, I'm really curious to see if he can continue to add the jump shot, you know, to his game, even if it's like a mid-range jumper. Um, I think that's something we're always going to be saying about him. Like, that's the one piece that completes him as a player. Like, dude scores, like, all of his points in the paint. And, you know, again, it, he makes it work. Um, he's an absolute wrecking ball down there. Um, and I think he complements overall what the, you know, Pelicans have. The reason why this is going to work for them is, you think about it, as Aaron continues to work on his handles and perimeter game as well, he's somebody you can really run your offense through, you know, from a high post, you know, whether it's going downhill, like he just has such a large center of gravity that he's going to create a lot of open looks for his team. And, you know, the the Pelicans are well-constructed, right? They have a lot of shooters. Um, you know, obviously got B.I., who's looked great, by the way, to start the season. Like he's had two awesome games. I think he would drop 28 um, the first game against the, the Nets, right, or something like that. Dropped 28 against the the Hornets on, you know, high, good efficiency, 11 for 11 from the free throw line, seven assists nine rebounds, two steals and a block. He might be figuring it out. I think he might have figured it out, which is scary for other teams because you have him, you have a healthy Zion, CJ McCollum, you know, Valanchunas is a force down low. He's arguably one of the top centers right now, um, you know, especially outside of the all-star, you know, tier. We talked about Herb Jones for a second earlier. He's one of the best defenders in the league, just plays well, does not need the ball in his hands. You got Trey Murphy coming off the bench. Grand Theft Alvarado, man, this team, you can just go on for days about this team. I think they have a bright future, and they're definitely, I think, in the top five seed in the, in the West this season. Yeah, dude, I love the Pelicans. I feel like <laughs> I like the Lakers on my team, and then I'm adopting the Nets as my East Coast team now that I live out in Brooklyn. But the Pelicans are like, I think I might try and watch, you know, 90% of their their games this year on League Pass because they're just, like you mentioned, they're, they're so just so well-constructed and, like, they can, you know, they can play a bunch of different styles. And – they're not like obviously known as like those prime warriors, you know, like the original warriors pre KD, but like, you know, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're kind of similar where they have three, three guys who could all fill it up. Like, like, I mean, McCollum, Zion and BI, any of them could go for 30 in any game, but they also can all do a bunch of other stuff too. Like I feel like McCollum as the third option is really like where he should be. Right. Like he can score 30, but also I feel like he likes to set people up, but then also, keep you honest because he could shoot he could he has he might have like the most underrated handles like he 
he's yeah, had he's all so these dribble smooth. combos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then obviously Zion, like this is only his third year. He didn't even really play last year, so it's like his second year really. And he's already averaging what like twenty-five and nine. And he, like like he's not even like you mentioned, there's shots that he's missing that he he will make, you know, give it yeah. like a couple more weeks. Like just the the little like his touch definitely is not there. But he's still it's not like he's again like Ben Simmons or even like Jamal Murray did not look good his first game. Like he already looks like an all-star level player and he's only gonna get better. And then BI is like, man, I texted one of my friends. I was like, I'm buying a BI Pelicans jersey. Like he's uh, out of all the guys we traded, obviously the championship with AD was cool, but BI, man, he's like he we saw it in the playoffs last year where he took that next step. Um and I think now is like we're everyone's going into the season like all right let's see if he can carry it over and so far he has like that that Nets game he was hitting KD with like all of the classic KD moves just like the one dribble I don't care if you're right on me I'm still making this jumper over you like obviously with the assists the rebounds he's playing defense too like yeah the Pelicans are crazy and obviously the supporting cast is great and they all play hard Willie Green seems like a great coach I feel like mm-hmm. you know like the young ex player. Uh, yeah, they have it all. I mean, obviously health will be a big thing for them, but like, I don't think no one's looking forward to playing the Pelicans, right? Like, they're not an yeah. easy win for anybody. Yeah, and I love that you you compared them to the Warriors, uh, you know, especially at like early Warriors before KD, because when I see Herb Jones, in some ways he reminds me of Draymond, you know, with his skill set, you know, he can, mm-hmm. you know, solid passer, you know, great defender, high IQ, he's long. Um, eventually he'll probably be able to step up and make more jump shots as well. Um, and he just fits within the flow of the offense, right? Like he doesn't do – like he's not doing too much. You know, he doesn't need to. He knows his role. So I feel like any, you know, team that wants to contend at a high level needs a piece like that who's going to do the dirty work, defend at a high level, just be that glue. And he has the potential to do that. And this team is just so young, right? Now obviously, you got CJ and, and you know, Valanchunas are, you know, the vets of the team in the starting lineup. But that's just that creates even better balance for the team, right? Like you don't want to just have a – bunch of young guns out there like these guys are bringing this team together so mm-hmm. yeah you just gotta love this squad and think they're gonna again just be one of those teams at the top of the west man like top five potentially maybe even higher yep and then you even think like they have you know a bunch of draft picks from the uh from the bucks and the lakers from like the drew holiday and anthony davis trades i mean why can't the pelicans make a you know get like a whoever the unhappy superstar is, you know, like halfway through the season, right before the trade deadline. Like they're, they have all the, like the current players, like people in their primes, veterans, like you said, and young players and a ton of draft picks. Like that's why I think I'm rooting for them is because they're a small market team, but like they, this is how you build a team, right? Like you take on those projects from other teams and obviously you need some lottery luck. Like that's how they got Zion, but Mm -hmm. they didn't draft McCollum. They didn't draft Brandon Ingram. They didn't draft Valanciunas. They drafted Herb Jones, but he was like a late. Was he even a lottery pick? I don't. I don't remember. But he was definitely not like a, you know, top five. Probably not even top ten pick. Um, Larry Nance they didn't draft. Like these are all guys that they just got. And then Trey yeah. Murphy they did draft. He hits threes. Like he does everything that you could ask for. And this is without uh, Dyson Daniels, who was their lottery pick this year. Forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> even, like, you don't even need to think about him right now. They don't either. Like he's just a, a project again which he also could be, you know, you throw in a couple future draft picks and Dyson Daniels, who's like, a, again, the equivalent to a first-round pick because he just was, like, they could make moves too. Um, and I think, just last thing on the Pelicans, I think Valanchunas is just one of my, like, low-key just randomest favorite players in the league because 
you just you don't really think of him like you've heard his name he's been on solid teams but then next thing you know he's dropping like today he had 30 points and 17 boards and four assists like he had more assists than McCollum and Zion uh he had more assists than anyone on the team besides BI actually eight for 11 but he shot 14 free throws 13 to 14 (laughs) and he hit a three Eight yep. and so, from the field, geez, dude, in and the less than is, 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he knew it like 30 minutes. The thing about him is, or I think why I'm like always on Valanchunas alert is because when I was working for the Clippers, one of those games, he hit like nine threes. Oh, yeah, I remember, dude, he went on a tear last season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, dude is like a fringe all-star. He's a fringe all-star talent. Like, this team mm-hmm. has the record to, um, to, you know, essentially make it to that point. Like, man. That will bode well for him and getting, you know, getting that all-star nod. So I'm curious, but they're just loaded. This seems loaded. Yeah. Remember, I mean, I feel like the NBA kind of like it's it's a blessing. Like the talent is so freaking deep right now that uh, it might be past the days. But remember when there was like the Hawks or like the those random teams that would get four all-stars, like four of their starters would make the all-star team. I mean, the Pelicans would be like the long shot for that right now if they I mean they're two and oh now if they have like the one seed at the all-star break and you know, Valanciunas, McCollum, Ingram, and Zion are all putting up crazy numbers. Who knows? I, I think the league is too deep right now, but it's not out of the question totally. Um, okay, who do you want to go to next? Should we go to Ben Simmons just because he was in that same that first game? Yeah, it's all about confidence with Ben, man. That's what it's all about, you know, at the end of the day. You know, he it's going to take him some time. He was never somebody who would look for his own shot in Philly. I feel like, you know, with the flow of their offense, you would get, you know, baskets, a lot of transition baskets. But I feel like he's still trying to feel out his role and kind of get his rhythm back. So it's kind of early. But you can kind of see him doing, you know, all of the things on the court. You know, he's getting a lot of rebounds and assists. Um, I think the one thing that I've noticed is, like, his defense seems like it's not as uh, tight as it used to be. And granted, like, again, maybe he's getting his legs under him. But um, I've seen him get beat a few times off the dribble, um, even today, um, against the – you know, Raptors, you matchups in the past where it's like a Fred Van Bleed or a smaller guard, like he used to, you know, eat those matchups up, right? But, you know, I saw him get beat off the dribble, got around him. Obviously got bullied by Zion, which, you know, anybody in the league would, for that matter. So mm-hmm. can't take too much stock into that. But, yeah, I've been a bit underwhelmed, to be honest with you. But at the end of the day, he might fit play style-wise um, with the Nets better than, you know, someone like a James Harden does, right? Because, you know, he's going to defer to KD and Kyrie, play solid defense, you know, get your rebounds. All he needs to do is just be able to be a threat on the court on offense. If he can figure that out, I think he'll fit in well with them. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is kind of going back to when we were talking about Patrick Williams. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, overreact too much because I think Ben Simmons will fit a lot better once the Nets have uh, Seth Curry and Joe Harris back just because that's what Ben Simmons does. He needs space and he will get, you know, he'll get your shooters open looks. So, like that first game against the Pelicans, neither of those guys played. So Kyrie and KD were the only shooters out there. And he's passing like Nick Claxton and like Dayron Sharp, you know, uh, Edmund or like Sumner, whoever that was, was getting a ton of minutes. So I think I want to see Ben Simmons once he has his legs under him a little bit more and has like, you know, when they put out that lineup where it's Kyrie, Curry, Harris, Ben Simmons, and KD, like that'll be, that's when we'll really see like what, you know, what he brings to the Nets. Um, but he's taken eight shots total in two games. Mm-hmm. That's he's six ten and super athletic. Like I know he's scared to shoot free throws, but you have to. He has to at least take like eight shots a game. I feel like you know at least because he's going to get those 
layups, dunks, lobs. Like, he's going to get easy shots. He could get to eight shots a game without taking a single jumper, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you, you know, you're an all-star. You, you're getting paid big money. Like, yeah, you got to take him in eight shots over two games. <laughs> and granted, I know he's in foul trouble for part of the game, but, you know, just got to be more aggressive. It's all about confidence, Brandon. Yeah, especially if the defense isn't back to that elite level, like you said, which I, it makes sense. Yeah, the back injury, that's always going to be tough to uh, – like we saw Michael Porter Jr. last year. When he was trying to come back from his back injury, he's already not good in defense, and he just like – you just can't move. Like, you know, you can't keep up with like these elite perimeter athletes in, in the NBA if you're slowed down even a little bit. Um, but yeah, I also love the Ben Simmons play in person. And I was like trying to root for the Nets again because now that I'm here, it's so frustrating because he passes up so many. Like he's just cutting to the rim, gets the ball, like a perfect pass, just try and dunk it or something. He just tries to kick it out. It's kind of like the whole uh, that pass to Thibault in the playoffs, you know, that kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, he, has, like, he has like three of those. There's at least like three of those plays in the, the Pelicans Nets game that I that I watched. So it's, it's super frustrating. Um, but yeah, again, we got, let's wait till the Nets have all their their shooters back. Um, and also, I mean, they maybe they can make a trade. Like, they have no size. Like, Claxton is – I mean, I like Claxton. He's fun to watch. He's solid at what he does. But he's not guarding Embiid or Jokic or, you know, like he's not a true center. So, I don't know if they're expecting Ben Simmons to take that on. But, yeah, the Nets don't look – they don't look great right now, let's say that, even though they, they beat the Raptors tonight. Um, so, they're one and one also. But what <laughs> uh, what player do you want to go to next who, who made yeah, the Let's talk about Kawhi, man. I mean, you're a former, uh, you know, Clippers guy, so I'm sure it was good for you to see him back out on the court after not seeing him this past season, right? Dude, he, and it was so weird. I did not expect him to come off the bench. Six-man Kawhi. Uh, only played 21 minutes, but of course, he, you know, right off the bench, comes in, hits those two just like classic Kawhi mid-range pull-up jumpers over uh, Toscano Anderson. And he, I mean, finished with a solid game, 14-7. The Clippers, they beat the Lakers that first game. It was a weird game. Like, John Wall was their leading scorer with 15 points. So, you know, Kawhi's the second leading scorer. Um, shot, you know, 50%. Like, looked good. But uh, I think the Clippers, I think they're going to get, like, take some time getting used to all the – they have, like, too many pieces almost, you know. Yeah. And with the Kawhi injury that they're going to – I think they're going to take some time to kind of figure out everyone's roles and all that. Yeah, how do you get into rhythm when you have so many people that, you know – almost need the ball in their hand and, and want to look for their shots in their own offense, right? Like Norman Powell is like a black hole on offense. Mm -hmm. You give him the ball, bro, he's not passing it. No way, right? Um, you got guys like Kennard that are shooters. You got Morris, you know, obviously PG and Kawhi, John Wall, Reggie Jackson looks for his own shot. Like, yeah, there's just so many moving pieces there. And I know I'm like, didn't even mention everyone just in that one breath. But yeah, Kawhi was good to see, man. Like, He's like one of the only superstars that will just kind of like go right into the game and do that little like it's such a non glamorous move to have like a eight foot like post fadeaway jump shot. But he went right into it two times and just looked like a robot out there, you know, like picking his spots and, you know, going right at, you know, JTA, like you said. So I was impressed, man. I think um, for a guy who missed 15 months, he looked pretty you know polished out there once he gets his rhythm, timing and no legs under him I feel like he's going to have a big season man so I'm um, excited to see him play and John Wall looked good too man he definitely had that burst and dude had an entire year off really and I feel like he's in a good mental headspace since he's been you know, a bit out of it this past year so 
you know, I'm just excited to see him like playing basketball and enjoying it, um, being able to play the way that he likes to play and you know, push the ball in transition. So um, it would be cool to see, you know, the old John Wall or like flashes of the old John Wall out there. Yeah. And this is, I mean, I think this is why the Clippers brought in John Wall and this like the perfect role for him because on nights like, you know, last night where Paul George had a terrible shooting night and Kawhi, you know, that wasn't real Kawhi. That was, he played 20 minutes. Uh, that's when John Wall, they're like, there's going to be games where, you know, Kawhi sits out back-to-backs or Paul George sits out. And they're like, all right, like, John, go be our leading scorer. And he he did it last night, only 15 points. But, you know, he was he looked good, right? Like, that was the main thing is he he looked good. He was 0 for 4 from 3. But, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of – that's always been his game. Like, that's not the end of the world. Um, but, yeah, and also it was kind of weird for Reggie Jackson because Reggie Jackson started, but – you could tell he kind of lost his uh, – he doesn't look the same as last year. Like, his whole thing last year was, like, being that third guy where, like, Kawhi and Paul George are off. Well, okay, Reggie Jackson might have an eight three-pointer game. And now he's kind of taking a backseat. So I think the Clippers season is really all going to be about, like, how these guys handle their roles, like they're changing roles from game to game uh, mentally, basically. Um, and Ty Lue is, you know, probably like one of the best coaches that you would want to have for a team like that. But – yeah, health and just people accepting their roles. That's the whole Clippers season because they have, I mean, how many teams have more talented rosters than them? Not that many, right? Yeah, they might have like the deepest team in recent history, to be honest with you. Like their their bench unit could potentially start for another team. <laughs> and Terrence Mann, <laughs> Terrence Mann is like a really solid bench player. He played six minutes last night just because there weren't enough minutes for him. And again, that's really about it. <laughs> that's that's and that's why not even playing his full minute load. So, like, yeah, Terrence Mann might be completely out of the rotation once Kawhi is fully back, and that's like they still have Amir Coffee, who was solid last year. Brandon, I was Boston. about to bring him up. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Coffee is low key one of my favorite players in the league. I know that might sound pretty random, but I love his game. Like he's he just plays hard. He can create his own shot. You know, facilitate for others. He's a solid defender too, and he's just buried in that bench. Like he's probably mm-hmm. not going to see much court time at all. Yep. Unless, like you know, again, I guess it's good that the Clippers are deep because they have a lot of guys who aren't necessarily super healthy all the time. So, you know, maybe they want to keep that depth, and you know, just in case. But also, they're another team like the Pelicans where they can package a bunch of solid role players. You know, like if they put a package together with like. uh Coffee, Brandon Boston, even like a Jason Presley. I think he, the guy they drafted last year, and like yeah, Jason Presley. Yeah, I forgot about him. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they could put that together, and you know, some draft picks or whatever, like maybe a solid player or salary filler, and they could get like a again a guy who could you know kind of step into that third role, maybe a big. I don't know. Like it's still too early to kind of do fake trades for them, but I feel like they have that that kind of like that card in their in their pocket. Yeah, no, exactly. The the Clippers, man, they they're um they're gonna be an interesting team to watch. I don't know what their ceiling is yet. Like you said, I feel like we got to see you know, probably like you know a dozen or so games to kind of understand like what we're working with. But until you know Kawhi is off of his load management schedule and you know they're able to play back to backs and, and kind of just unleash them fully, I don't I don't think we'll truly know like how dangerous this team is. So I hope that time that time comes sooner than later, but. You got to think they're fully healthy. You know, they're top, you know, four seed in the West. So, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's true. Like, they're going to, you know, they never take the regular season seriously, especially with Kawhi coming back from another serious injury. So, they're, they're going to be a, a weird team to try and, like, try and judge, you know, try and gauge the whole regular season because they might lose a few games because they have, 
you know, big names sitting out a bunch of games. So yeah, they're going to be, they're a weird team for sure. I think like the one hole maybe would be like Zubac is a good center, but they don't have anyone, you know, to back him up. Like they lost heart and style right. to the Knicks, which that was a huge, super underrated. Like no one who, you know, unless he's like really locked in, is going to kind of notice that. But uh, I don't even think they have a backup center right now. Yeah, I can't even. Um, yeah, I can't even think of who their their backup center is. I mean, yeah, Zubas plays like I feel like he played like thirty six minutes, <laughs> you know, yeah. last night. But I feel like it might be going small ball potentially. Um, you know, maybe like this might sound weird, but you could probably put Robert Covington in, you know, or Nicholas Batum even potentially mm-hmm. with a small ball lineup. Throw them at the five. They have that guy uh, Moses Brown. Um, oh, they do have him. Okay. They do have him, but he's kind of raw. And he didn't even he got a DMP first game. So I want to say they just went small ball five. I forget exactly what the lineup was, but probably through uh Morris potentially or Covington at the five or between maybe. Yeah. See, I can see that being an issue. Uh, so you have to think if you have like championship aspirations for the playoffs, like if they go up against the Nuggets and let's say Zubaj picks up like two quick fouls on Jokic, then what you can't put I mean, maybe you put Kawhi on him. Like at that point, that might be your best your best bet, honestly. Yeah, maybe you go and get Miles Turner for the low, you know. Just come yeah. off an injury, you know, trade value probably at an all-time low. Like mm-hmm. you said, you have those few pieces that you can package, you know. That could be interesting if you can make the salary work. Yeah, that, actually, that's a good one. Do you see his injury, too, was he stepped on a ball boy's ball foot? Ball boy? Yeah. yeah. Man, that's yeah. got a blow. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. But that would be a good one, actually. Yeah, maybe, obviously, the Pacers are trying to, you know, fire sale, tank, uh Maybe they would do it for – I mean, they have a ton of young guards, but, like, Brandon Boston could be interesting for them. And then, yeah, again, the salary filler. But that would be – I like that. Because then you got another shooter and a big, too, though, because like, then they could still do their, like, five-out lineup with the center, though. Yeah, that would be – yeah, I, I like that, actually. That's a good one. As long as his his ankle isn't – his ankle injury isn't too bad. I wonder, like, how it happened. Like, it was just in shoot-around and – Ball boys like going for a rebound, or that's that's like one of the most random injuries I've ever heard of. You'd have to be like a, going in for like a Carlos Boozer kind of rebound. Who's a ball boy though? That I feel like to to do something like that, right? Like give me that, you know? Like I don't know. I I would feel so bad, especially if I was an actual fan of that team. I'd be like, nah, dude, like get up. Could you imagine AD landing on your foot in a shoot around? You'd be like the Damn. most hated guy in LA. You just leave. Like I thought like you just have to leave. Like <laughs> they'd, yeah. they'd probably fire you on the spot. Like, get out of here. We t- it took us it took us months to get this guy on his feet, and you just knocked him down. <laughs> so it's like the power rankings of the most hated uh, NBA team staff members. It's whoever on the Warriors video staff leaked the Draymond punch video, and then <laughs> the ball boy who who broke Miles Turner's foot. <laughs> oh man! It's not even been a full week of games, and we already have two. Two non like basketball player stories. That's funny. Um, okay, I think we should do. Uh, we gotta do AD. Even though I know the Lakers are zero two, but he's had a weird, like an interesting return. I feel like like the numbers are solid, but yeah, I'll I let like you his start stats. Yeah, I, I get. It's just weird watching him sometimes because on paper, if you're just a box score fan, you're just looking to see like how the game went. Like yeah, you know, AD. 27 points, six rebounds, had four steals, no assists, like 10 for 22 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3 in the first game, right? Then, you know, fast forward to, you know, Thursday against the Clippers, you know, AD again, 
you know, he had a solid game, but you know, what you're looking at 25 points, nine for 16. So he's more efficient. He gets two threes, eight rebounds, no assists again. Um, really, uh, really interesting. No blocks, which is telling me something else as well. But, you know, I, I don't know, man, like for when AD like isn't a natural center. Right. So that's one thing. Everybody knows AD does not like to play center. Um, so sometimes it feels like he doesn't necessarily like know where to be um as a player i know that sounds weird and sometimes his shots don't feel like they're coming within the flow of the offense like lebron will force feed him or you know he'll jack up some kind of shot but he's not the same ad that he used to be like if you remember ad used to kind of have those moves where he'd be catch you on the post you know face up one quick dribble make a quick move to the basket i want to say the first play on the opening night he did a move like that and i was like oh oh snap like ad's back but that was the only time he made that kind of move during the game. So he should be the number one option. Like the offense should go through him, but I just don't know if he's that guy anymore. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, age or, you know, mentally he's not fully there, but you know, not only can you not really trust him to be on the court, but he just, he just doesn't feel as dominant as he used to be. Like he just doesn't command the attention and leave the imprint on the game. Like I'll leave you with this, but against the Clippers, Lonnie Walker, 21 shots. LeBron, and 17 shots. AD, 16. And again, that's against the team that we just – we literally just talked about how they don't have any bigs besides besides yes. <laughs> Wow, Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. That's all that, – that is – that has always been the thing with AD, though. It's like even if the numbers look good, it's like why, why are you only taking 16 shots? Like he's putting up like Christian Wood numbers, which – that's like Christian Woods, a solid player, solid numbers, but this is 80. Like he's supposed to be, you know, there was like a, remember there was a point in time, you know, maybe what, five, six, seven years ago where people were like, Oh, is AD like the next, you know, the heir to the throne, like the next number one player in the league. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, and the, because he's shown those flashes, that's why it's even more frustrating because he hasn't lit up to it. And then obviously the whole, like, he just isn't, yeah, you're right. Like he's just not, he doesn't have the the attitude, like the mentality to just live in the pain and just like work for easy shots. Like he, you're right. Like everything looks difficult for him. It's like, cause he's, because he's avoiding contact, maybe I don't know what it is, but like he just tries to make things more right. difficult because maybe he's scared of getting hit, getting hurt. And then it doesn't matter though. Cause then like last night against the Clippers, he still looked like he died when he, <laughs> when he went for that Kawhi pump fake and fell, <laughs> it looked like he died. And then of course he gets up, hits a three. So you're like, Oh, he's fine. And then, after that, he can't move. He's like limping down the court. It's just he's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. He's just not. He's not a fluid athlete. You know, it's mm-hmm. weird. Like it's he used to seem like he was, but now he just seems like a big, like lumbering guy. Like you know, Joel Embiid, for example, he's always falling down, and he seems like his body's all over. He scares me just even watching him play. But man, AD's like on another level. It's like any time he goes up in the paint, I'm legit scared he's gonna roll his ankle or something's gonna happen. You know, so. Yeah, that, that block was crazy, right? Like, it looked like he might have been done. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a Lakers fan, you're like, oh, man, here we go already. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The ceiling is only as, as high as, as AD on this team. You know, LeBron is LeBron, but dude is like 38 years old. He just doesn't have the ability to have that same impact on the game. You know, like his his tank is only only has so much gas, right? Um but he's still aggressive. That's what you got to mm-hmm. love about LeBron. Like he's still going to drive, go downhill, 
it's like, man, and he can get you an easy bucket. Granted, his shots aren't as easy as they used to be. But to your point, every time AD is scoring, like, it's not an easy shot, right? Like, he's having to do, like, full stride, layup in traffic, you know, fadeaway jump shot, also, all of the, you know, difficult shots. His easiest shots, honestly, so far this season were those, like, two wide-open threes he had at the top of the key, and he mm-hmm. cashed them, right? But, man, it's uh, it's been a little discouraging. I can't lie. I love to see him out there healthy, but it's been discouraging. Yeah, and that's the thing that sucks, too, is that, like, Obviously, he's going to need, like all these guys who missed, you know, a whole season, they're going to need time to ramp up. But it's also like the Lakers don't have that type of like, they don't have that time. Like they need, if they don't have AD, like the draft pick that we're sending to the Pelicans might be the number one pick. Like <laughs> AD and or LeBron Gert, that might be a top, you know, a top four pick. Like it's bad. So it's weird. It's like he's on an accelerated timeline, but also he does need time to, you know, kind of get back in game shape and get used to the NBA game again. But we don't have anyone after him. Like, who's our – like Lonnie Walker? Well, he had a good game against the Clippers. You mentioned he took 21 shots. But that is not a, <laughs> a recipe for success in the NBA. Lonnie Walker taking 20 shots. Mm-mm. That'll work, a, you know, a couple times a year. But overall for a full season, that's not that's not going to cut it. But let, let me counter myself, though, what I was saying before. Like, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, but do you really think it's just a roster construction issue for AD? You know, at the end of the day, and LeBron for that matter, at the end of the day, you have to look at who your top players on your team are, and that's AD and LeBron. You have to understand, like, what pieces need to be around these two for this team to be successful. And we both know where, where I'm going with this, right? Like, the one issue these first two games has been 10 for 40 from three. And then nine for 45, he has 25% and 20% on 40 plus attempts. Like you can't, you can't win a game doing that. And you look at the team, you know, again, LeBron, AD, what would both of those guys do better around? Like more spacing, right? You got to stress for LeBron. Like that's literally the key to success with LeBron, you know, in any shape or form, right? Like with the Cavs, shooters around him, the Heat. Ray Allen, you know, Bosh, you're shooting threes now. You get shooters around them. Even in their first title run, you know, they had certain pieces around them they could shoot. But this this roster, you know, like, it's just not going to cut it. You know, you can't get by doing that. And you can't put Matt Ryan on him as a band-aid. Like, yes, he can shoot, but what are you going to do? Like, is his goal, like, you need at least 10 threes a game, Matt Ryan, five threes a game? So you got to feel like that's a big issue here with Russell Westbrook being an obvious you know, stand out on that issue. I'm curious, like, in your mind, do you feel like it's more like roster construction, you know, issue around those two? Yeah, I mean, the roster construction is, like, I, I can't believe uh, Palenka got an extension also, like, last week, which, what that's why, like, obviously I'm a Laker fan, but it's, sometimes it's really hard to like them. And, again, that's why I, I like the Pelicans, because they're doing stuff the right way, whereas the Lakers are just, like, we're going to get free agents – we're in LA, like we're going to make money. It's fine. And so they don't like build the team the right way. Obviously like that Westbrook trade was just, that made like, that's, I think that that has to go down as like one of the worst trades. Like with the Vucevic trade, sorry, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but those two trades, like, you know, the Westbrook trade is like one of the worst trades in the history of the league, because even Westbrook is okay, which he's not, he's below average, but even if he was okay, the fact that we gave up what, like three, like Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, we gave up three like legit rotation players, role players on a championship team. 
for one guy who's like a high usage, past his prime, can't shoot, needs the ball. Like that just destroyed our roster construction. Cause now again, we have to get like, so now Matt Ryan is playing quarterback part-time and then basketball during the week. Like it's, it makes no sense. And yeah, it's, it's bad. It's like uh, GM malpractice, but, but for some reason we gave Palenka an extension, which I don't know. Wow. What do the kids say? Make it make sense. Like I, I do not understand <laughs> it. So, so I, you know, I, honestly, that's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it is like, but that's when you are AD and LeBron, when you're like, you know, number one picks, like all time level basketball players, it is. Yeah. Sometimes you get like these unfair expectations lumped on you. Um, and even I'm trying to think like last year, the fact like how Jokic brought that Nuggets team to the playoffs, even those role players were better than like, you know, significantly better than what the Lakers are running out there uh, in games. Like, like Austin Reeves, Matt Ryan, like they're solid, but like, you know, they're okay, but like they should not be playing that many minutes and like they should not be that crucial to our team's success where it's like, oh, damn, Austin Reeves only had five. Like that's not, it's not going to cut it. He should barely be playing five minutes a game. We don't, you can't be relying on him to be like a third or fourth option. So, yeah, I just went on a rant, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and it's interesting. I mean, I feel like the Lakers over over time have had like a lot of different, you know, interesting rosters. Like I was just doing some like research on the side here. And I remember like the 03, 04 Lakers. Well, yeah, Kobe and Shaq still on the team, right? They went and got, you know, Carl Malone. They brought him in, you know, Gary Payton, Horace Grant. You know, a lot of, like, big, flashy names are on the tail ends of their career, right? And it worked because you had a young Kobe and Shaq to build that around, mm -hmm. right? You know, LeBron and AD aren't necessarily, you know, AD is still in his prime, but he's made, he may as well look at him as past his prime. He might point. be. I was going to say, like, he might be past his prime, honestly, at this point. Like, just with all the injuries and everything, I feel yeah. like you could make that argument, honestly. <laughs> So, yeah, you're looking at two guys that are essentially like past their primes, you know, on paper potentially. And then what do you do? You go and get another guy that's past his prime, another big name, and put him around him. It almost reminds you when the Lakers went and got Steve Nash and you had Dwight and you just had all those names on the team. So, at the end of the day, like, I get it, it's a big market. You know, you want to make a splash, but, you know, I feel like they should have thought more about what they did with Westbrook. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, trying to sell tickets. Um, and, you know, Westbrook is a show out there. He is a show. The Lakers really are just – I mean, the Lakers and the Nets are, like, competing to be the number one soap opera team in the league. And I feel like I feel like the NBA is, uh, you know, fanning the flames. That's why they scheduled the Lakers' first two games against maybe the two best teams in the West, the Warriors and the Clippers, just because they wanted them to be 0-2 and, and, like, all this stuff. And I will say uh, – I know my little rant – makes it seem like I hate the Lakers, but I, I will say that this, this year's team so far is way more enjoyable to watch because at least they, they play hard, right? Like they, they can't shoot. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But last year it was just like, why is Trevor Reza in the game? Why is Kent Bays? Like all these dudes are out of the league now. This year's team, at least they're trying on defense. Like even so last night against the Clippers, Westbrook went 0 for 11 from the field, 0 for 6 from three, but he was playing hard on defense. He had a ton of steals, like, yeah, I get, I I enjoyed watching that game last night, even though if Kawhi is healthy and plays his full like thirty six minutes, probably like a twenty point win for the Clippers. But but I will say that that this year at least is better. It's it's more enjoyable to watch this Lakers team compared to last year, and we'll see how long that lasts because, I mean, AD is like two games away from breaking his pinky toe and being out for <laughs> five years. <laughs> What's best case scenario for you guys? 
like best case, like the nine seed, like I don't see anything higher than that in the in the West. Like are you, are you saying like I mean, I guess we could make a trade, but even that. Right, Westbrook and the that. two picks for yeah, but even that that's, that would be so short sighted too. Like that would get us to like the six seed maybe. Um, Do you still believe that LeBron in the playoffs? no matter who's on his team, you have a shot to make it to the finals. Do you feel like that time is over? That time's over for sure. Now it's like, <laughs> and it's, you know, obviously it's not like a slight to LeBron because he's fucking, wait, 38. Like, it's just, I mean, we saw it last year. Like, Jokic is in that phase of his career. Uh, Giannis is in that phase of his career. Luka is even where it's like, I don't care who you put around me. Like, who was Jokic's second best teammate last year? Like, Monty Morris? Or Aaron Gordon, like <laughs> Aaron Gordon, yeah. yeah, he still got them the five seed. Uh, Giannis, same thing, obviously. Luca, like Jalen Brunson, who's obviously solid, but that was their second best player. He still got them to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I think LeBron is not in that stage. Which I mean, he had it all lined up perfectly. Like if AD was healthy and continued his trajectory, you know, the way we thought he was going, this would be perfect. If AD is like a top five player in the league. LeBron's, you know, right there around like top 15, top 12 player, and then a bunch of role players. But I don't know who to blame. I mean, it's pretty easy. Blame Palenka, but he got paid. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I'm just so confused. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously knows more than we do. <laughs> he must. I heard, uh, I forget, some ESPN podcast, they had like this crazy conspiracy tape where they're like, Palenka got the extension because it was, their like, goal to build this terrible roster around LeBron so that he would ask out so that the Lakers could get like a shit ton of draft picks or like or something, which I I don't know how that works, but I mean with the Lakers, I feel like anything is possible, honestly. Yeah, I'd give up a, a first rounder and a second rounder for LeBron. It seems about fair. Yeah, we should do that. Should be our next episode. All right, fake LeBron trades. Oh man. All right. Should we end it there? Because yeah, this one's about to Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ball Till You Fall podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please like, rate, subscribe, follow, download, all the above. Uh, we're Honestly, we're going to keep releasing episodes even if you guys don't do any of the above, but it'll just make us feel better about ourselves if we see that people are listening and you know downloading and basically just enjoying the episodes. So be a nice person today. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, the world needs more nice people out there. So just search Ball Till You Fall podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or basically just anywhere that you listen to podcasts out there. Again, we really appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next episode.